When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey friends, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Once again, another question from you, and we're so grateful when you send us your questions. Uh, two ways to get questions to us. The first is to go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and you'll find a submission form there. And uh, you can send a question to us. We put it in the queue and we get to it as soon as we can. We also pull some questions off of our Facebook group page, and uh, parents are on there all the time, and they're asking questions, they're offering advice to each other, and once in a while there's a really good question. There are always good questions, but there's a question that will generate a lot of response, and then we'll tend to pick those up and make them a part of the podcast. And so we have another one of those questions today, Michael, and I think this is one that's really Mm -hmm. interesting, especially in light of covid and some of the challenges that our, our students have had this year on Zoom and partial school and so on. Uh, the question says this, the reason for my email is because we are in the midst of a battle against our school district to retain our fifth grade son. To clarify, we want our son retained to repeat fifth grade next year prior to entering middle school. The district is denying this request and has the power to overrule us, so we are fighting. Um that's always such a big decision to make for a child to hold them back. So many implications in terms of learning, in terms of you know their friends, um, stigmas maybe perhaps, and so on. Um, when you read this question, what were some of your initial responses? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a really deep question. Um, I I have a lot about this in one of my books, The Minds of Boys. I. I I've worked with this in and out of school districts quite a bit. And there is no, so I'm going to just say there is no simple, complete answer to it. It does very much depend on the child. And um, at the same time, at the same time, for boys, uh, they do repeat more grades than girls do. And many of them need to. If a girl needs to, she needs to. It's just that it's much more of a boy phenomenon. And that's yeah. why it's always, I think thus far, always when I've been asked this question, it's been about a boy. Um, but this will apply to a girl. Um, for boys, their maturation, their brain maturation, right, is slower. And um, uh, so you have the individual child. Then you also have that they're male. So there are many ways in which their various pathways in their brain, in the female brain, have already closed or are closing and the synapses are in those pathways. But for boys, they haven't, their brain development hasn't even moved to that area yet. And um, because boys have a different developmental tempo and they're a year to year and a half behind. So I, so if then, if someone asked me, well, what do you think about retention? I say, yeah, I think, I think for many kids, it's a good idea. And um, what I think the, and then I'll talk about COVID in a moment, but just in general, I think for many kids, it's a good idea. And, and what I beg people to do is to 
create a a what I call a parent-led team, you know, where the parents, and usually one of the parents will be really passionate about this. Um, let's say it's the mom, since it was a mom who wrote us. Um, the mom creates a team to study this. So she's got the spouse, the child's father. Um, uh, she's got, you know, a, a teacher at school on her team talking to her about it. Maybe the school counselor, um, and, and maybe the child is seeing someone else. And so there's like three or four people on this team. A grandparent is part of the team maybe who's helped a child a lot by tutoring. And, and they all meet, they all study the situation so that the parent is not alone in fighting this and not alone in making the decision. And then the parent, the parent will immediately think, oh, I made the wrong decision, right? I mean, we, we're really hard on ourselves. So the parent needs some help from others to study the situation and if this parent and this team decides this child should be held back, um, uh, then really the only thing that's going to be a negative is going to be in the social, what you mentioned about the friendship groups. Yeah. Um, because that then he may not he or she may not be going to school with the same exact friends. But I think that's okay. Uh, I think the bigger you know the bigger trauma comes long term when this child fails out of the grade because the child has been forced to go into the new grade. So in this case, um, the child is in fifth. She wants the child to repeat fifth. The child's forced to go to sixth, fails out, right? Is constantly stressed, gets bad grades. That's worse than the child repeating fifth grade, doing well in fifth grade, being a big fish in a little pond kind of, uh, being ahead in some ways, and, um, and being able to see friends through other venues. Uh, so I tend to fall positive on the side of retention as long as um, and repeating grades as long as everyone has studied it and they're absolutely sure that, that is what's best for this child. Then fair enough. And I don't really think a school district should be able to overrule. Um, uh, I know they have reasons for that, but I would love you know I, I would love to see them pull back on some of that. I mean they're doing that because they don't want everyone to be repeating. Right, they're ha they're setting certain rules because what if a thousand or ten thousand kids, you know, parents decided they should repeat? That they don't have the teachers to teach those grades, right? So they have to have certain rules. But I think they should have waivers, and they should allow this to happen uh, if this case is well made, which I think this she will make it. And then in the context of COVID, um, I think the school district should be even less uh, rigid because um, the parents right now know a lot better what's going on with their kids and their cognitive development and their learning than the schools do. And it's not a fault of the schools, but the schools you know, had to teach remotely. So a lot of the teachers are not intimately involved with the kids. They couldn't be. They're doing their best, but they, the parents are intimately doing it. The parents are logging their kids on every day. So, so I think we wanna really amplify our admiration for and acceptance of the decision that this team of parents makes if we're the school districts and say, okay, okay, especially in the circumstance of COVID education, let's let uh, a lot of these kids repeat. I'm trying to think back to uh, research I was doing years ago on this topic. And I thought I read something about third, fourth, fifth grade, or maybe it's fourth, fifth, and sixth grade is that real tenuous time for boys where um, it could be a make or break time for them in terms of reading skills, 
uh, in terms of being able to move on because in some cases, by the time boys reach third or fourth grade, if they don't have the reading skills available, it's going to be tough for them because classes are going to start assuming they know how to read. Was Is, is that a fairly... Yeah, Something that's right. I've remembered? Yeah. Yeah, reading and writing, um, just that we want to make sure they have that before we push them into a next grade. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking about when I was a kid and uh, there was... Uh, a kid in our class who was held back and um, I don't think we were necessarily real kind to him you know we kind of wondered what was wrong with him Um, and I'm guessing kids haven't changed a lot since I was a kid there's just some things kids do Um, understanding how important it is from a uh, educational standpoint to hold a, a child back um, and let's let's assume yes, absolutely, that needs to happen for the long term benefit of the child. How do you prepare that child um, really emotionally for the fact that his friends now are going to be a grade ahead of him? They're all going to know something happened to him. Something's they're going to interpret something's wrong with him, and now he's going to be with kids who are a year younger than he is. Um, how do you help him make that transition? Uh, where there's going to probably be some emotional or social challenges that he faces. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, well, you're, one good thing is that in this generation, slightly different than you're in my generation, more kids are being held back. So there is more, there's more example of it. And so therefore, there's, uh, I think kids these days, they can still be quite mean. And I will address that in a moment. But they're not quite like when you and I were kids where, where I mean, literally, we would say to that child, "You're a retard," right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that and that right. we we were allowed to use that word then, let's say, or it yep. was popular back then. So that would be, you know, and it would just be brutal. Um, uh, things have shifted, so so it's not quite as brutal. But to your point, yes, there are going to be some kids who are going to be mean. And the way to to present this, I think, to this child is: look, here are our options. If you if you go on. Uh, you're going to face the brutality of of kids making fun of you because you're failing, um, you know, because you're not where they are. A, a B, and C. You're gonna you're gonna have that. If you're held back, you're gonna be made fun of maybe because you're held back, and people are gonna think that you're not smart, and they'll make fun of you for that. Right? Either way, you are gonna get made fun of for. Uh, not being smart. And, and so there's really, we can't protect you from that. If you move on, you're going to be made fun of because you're not going to do as well. If you hold back, you're going to be made fun of because we held you back. That's going to happen. And we're just going to be here for you and help you be resilient through that. Because, um, but it's ultimately better for you for us to hold you back, because then you're not going to hate school, you're not going to fail. And this goes to your point about kids needing to be developmentally ready and their brains needing to be able to do it and there being long-term consequences if they are not ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we, and you know, from what I understand from her, if they don't hold this child back, you know, she's thinking, she and her team are thinking to when he's seventh or eighth or ninth grade, if, if he doesn't have a good educational experience now, in other words, if he moves on and he gets all D's and F's and, he's, and all of that, yeah. uh, he's gonna hate school. And um, we don't want him hating school at se- at seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. We part of the milieu we want to create for him is that he loves school, 
And if he goes up to sixth grade and he fails, he ain't going to love school. So we are protecting actually his education and his love of education by, by holding him back if it's appropriate for him. And then we just have to help with the resilience either way. Mm-hmm. Are, are there, is there wisdom in a case like this to look at other options in terms of maybe a different school or homeschooling? Uh, or does it not really matter at that point? Oh, well, homeschooling, especially during the COVID era, right? People, a lot more people know about homeschooling now. And and you and I have been talking about homeschooling for probably a decade. I think there's some mm-hmm. incredible people in that movement. There's incredible education going on there. Um, and yeah, I mean, if these parents, if they end up in such a battle with the district and they don't win the battle, let's say, um, or for whatever reason, they decide to do homeschooling, it's more complex. One of them is going to have to become devoted to the child's education. Um, but there are pods and there are all these other homeschool teachers that teach. And and so it is kind of like school. And if, if you know, that's the kind of thing where I'm thinking the parents probably won't do that if the boy's going to be isolated. Um, right. You know, if, if there's no one else in that, no other peer of his in that homeschool community, they're going to probably feel like, wow, we're not going to take this on and have him isolated. Uh, But if one or two other kids ends up being homeschooled, you know, and especially in the COVID era, we're seeing more of it, then maybe this is a direction they go. Maybe they form a little pod and they're homeschooling um, him in fifth grade. And then he just, you know, reapplies and he he goes to sixth grade in the school district next year or however that evolves. Uh, That's always good. I'm glad you brought it up. There are alternatives. They can be complex. The school district is easy, right? You send your kids to school and then you can work. So that is easier. And we hope the school district will accommodate. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I think homeschooling is a, has become mm-hmm. a fascinating option. Well, and, and then what about, say, transferring to another school? Does that lower the stigma for him or is that still always going to be an issue? Um, I, yeah, I think you're right that in, <laughs> for some kids that would lower, lower the stigma. You just sort of avoid it. It's just, it's just as if he moved to a new town and he right. moves to a different school. Uh, and, and maybe their, their questions are again going to be about friendship groups. Like if he, if he does have some peers over at that other school district and if that state allows it, then that you're right, that might be an option. Um, but I don't know that that would solve the repeating thing. Wouldn't he, wouldn't he still need to, in their opinion, the parents' opinion, he would still need to repeat the grade. Oh, yeah, you're saying he saying. repeats the grade over there and no yeah. one, no yeah. one makes fun of him. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that could happen. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. 
I, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, what you're saying is so wise. And th- these, these parents, this mama wrote, uh, has real wisdom here, I think. Uh, and, and it's a, a courageous act um, to, to buck the trend, uh, to take a, a fifth grader who's probably got a lot of relationships already formed. Let's just, for the sake of argument, imagine that he's been in class with these kids since kindergarten, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a courageous move to say that, you know, your educational well-being is really important. And we want to, um, we think that for your sake, you need to stay back a year. That's a very courageous thing for these parents to do. It's a loving thing to do. Um, but I think what we're trying to say is, um, as important as it is, there will be some challenges. And I, I love this idea of a team. Um, and maybe, uh, you, you know, to be proactive in allowing him to, to stay up to speed with uh, some of his older friends uh, or the friends from his, his uh, fifth grade class. Um, all of those things are, would be really important for him because it's not just education. There's all these other things going on for him. Yeah, yeah. A lot of his development is social emotional development in this age. He's 10, he's 11. Uh, and a lot of that is happening outside of school. Um, yeah, I think she I think she and and her her group, I'm assuming the spouse is with her on this, and maybe even the child, you know, maybe even he is being courageous. I mean, I kind of yeah. like having the child involved in this team. Ultimately, the parents have to make this decision. Child's mm-hmm. only 10, but um, but let's you know, what does the child think? I mean, I think that's really interesting. And and um and the school district too, you know, from the school district's point of view, I mean, they're not we don't want to make them enemies. Schools are they're all trying their best, right? They're yep. all trying their best. So they too, I would I would just love to have one of them on this team because they're they're maybe seeing something that uh you know, if they're seeing this child as an individual, then then someone in the school district may be seeing something and and gets on this team and says, well, you know, you're thinking this way, but check this logic out. But what about this? You know, and then and then maybe the parents switch their point of view and maybe they do try. So let's not make the schools an enemy either. And let's include the the boy as much as we can in the decision. And then but then ultimately the parents and their team. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to have the courage to make the decision that they think is right not only for the child now but in the long term and that's what that whenever i help people with that i i'm always saying to them you remember you're thinking part of you is thinking i don't want him to do badly now mm-hmm. right but you know don't hold him back unless you've also thought unless your motivation is also what's his future going to be yeah make sure that the motivation is not just sort of easiness of uh you know I think this will be less hassle, <laughs> right? Make sure the motivation yep. is also what's best for his long-term education. And if the team, uh, and I think that she's courageously made that decision. I mean, I think you're yep. right that she's going to hold this guy back. Now, as I was reading this question, uh, just an insight hit me. We're kind of assuming she wants to hold him back for educational purposes, but it could be that she wants to hold him back because she doesn't think emotionally he's developmentally ready to go into sixth middle school that maybe he's a bit immature to start going to what for me would have been junior high um mm-hmm. is there uh, and so uh, it and it, it raised a question for me about um you know sometimes that can be the issue where you you realize boy my son is really immature compared to his friends for example um and what's going on there but mm, it, it also 
it also spurred the question for me, is it possible, now we have no idea with this child, that uh, augmenting the transition from fifth grade to sixth grade rather than holding him back to augment his transition into sixth grade with tutoring yeah. and uh, you know other folks so that if it's not uh, a developmental thing for him where they're they're not holding him back because he's immature but they're holding him back because they don't think he's up uh, up to par educationally can tutoring help get him caught up yeah any of those sorts of one-on-one relationships are are really great and crucial for kids who are um, having you know a little it's a little delayed cognitively or just their their skills you know reading and those sorts of skills are a little uh, delayed or and thank you for bringing it up you're right we didn't talk about it or social emotional right? A little delayed in terms of maturation. Mm-hmm. And one-on-one relationships are great for all of it. Uh, so on the tutoring side, that's a one-on-one relationship that he will form with a tutor. And, um, you know, that's the, that's, that can be miraculous education, one-on-one, uh, right? Because a lot, uh, some of the reasons that kids don't do as well as we'd like them to do, either in terms of the social-emotional um, and, and the cognitive or academic, some of it is that they're just lost in a crowd, you know, yeah. and they're not really getting the sorts of relationships, relationships and relationality that's going to help them to mature. And and the the brain, let me just put it from the the brain loves one on one relationships, you know, because those that relationality creates a bond, and a lot of maturation happens through bonding, so and through attachment. So yes, if he can get a consistent tutor, um, mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. And, and again, to, to the credit of our schools, they, they just by nature almost have to teach in a one-size-fits-all. Now, I know that they vary a little bit, but not all students learn the same way. You know, some, some have very different learning styles and may not be, their learning style may not be conducive to the way that their classroom is being set up. And a tutor could help them navigate their way through that. Yeah, absolutely. And some teachers, just in terms of boys and the way boys learn, some teachers in that mm-hmm. school district, wherever it is, a few of those teachers maybe know about the fact that boys learn a certain way, that boys and girls learn differently, right? All the stuff that we talk about yep. and that we teach. But most of those teachers may not even know that, right? They may know nothing about it. And so their classrooms are just kind of sit and get, you know, sit here, yeah. we'll learn this, go home, do this homework. Okay, so that's not going to fit this boy, certainly. He's going to fail in that environment. So you have the pedagogy and you have the methodology. Who's got what training? Do they really know how to teach these, these kids? They do have to do one size fits all, but the more training they get, the more they can kind of modify. Uh, but then, you know, the school district is in this school district, are there 30 to 40 kids in a classroom? Well, definitely the less mature ones get lost. And, and, and so you're right, that's another thing for this team to think about. How many kids are gonna be in that middle school classroom? And does yep. my kid who's 10 or 11, probably maybe 10 going to 11, does this 10, 11 year old, uh, how will he do in larger environments? Cause probably in fifth grade, still in elementary, might be smaller, but maybe in middle school larger. And that is, that's its own factor. So yeah, you're right, there's dozens of factors here. Yeah. Uh, and some of them are about social emotional. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, schools are great places. I mean, I love teachers, you know, I'm totally pro school, love schools. Um, uh, and they're set up for high population, right? And it's the only way they can be set up. They are set up for millions of kids at a time and they can't, it's very difficult to nuance 
uh, developmental differences. So, so they do their best to be neuro-friendly, right? To be friendly to brain development, but they got 30 kids in a classroom and they've got 2000 kids in the school. So they just simply have to create general categories called fifth grade, <laughs> right? Yep. Or yeah. sixth grade, that's all they can do. They've got millions of kids to educate. So yeah, these are the kids who are not neurally set for that time frame. And if her team decides this is the case for her kid, that his brain is not has not developed uh, enough, social emotional, as you said, and or academic, has not developed enough, then, then she's really doing the best thing. And yeah. the team is doing the best thing. And it's not, a, the school district isn't doing anything wrong, but she is the individual involved with her kid. Did you just make up sit and get? I have not no. heard you say that before. <laughs> no, I, I did not. I, I don't. I, it's. I don't know where I learned it, but I, a lot of us in the school professional development realm, we say that. <laughs> I wish. Huh. I wish I had made it up. It's not a Gurian. <laughs> All right. I've known you for fifteen years. I've <laughs> never heard you say that before. Wow. I. I just I picked up a new a new Gurianism. A new. Wow. Which I stole from someone. I just don't yeah. know who. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 You. You just call it your own now. You've said okay. it enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. By the way, I know that your your Summer Institute is just a couple weeks away. You want to tell people about it? Oh, yeah. The Summer Institute um, uh, is – it's it, we're doing it virtually again this year just because of all the complexities. Um, but the advantage of doing it virtually is that instead of people coming to a place and only getting to see, you know, a certain number of workshops, they actually will see all of them uh, because, you know, you have eight days. So we have – that ends up more than 20 hours of content – and so if folks go to um, uh, gurianinstitute.com and you'll see it immediately, you just click to that and you'll see the whole page, everything that's being given, uh, you know, and then you can go down to the bottom and register. Um, uh, so it's it's at the end of June, gurianinstitute.com. We also want to give a, a shout out to our sponsors, The Forge School, uh, a, a great uh, environment where they're working with boys and uh, Michael's been working with them on how to make sure that they really are uh, zeroed in on how boys' brains work. And you can learn more about them, the Forge School, uh, as well as our other sponsor, the uh, the Center of Place of Hope with Dr. Greg Jantz. And we're so appreciative to our sponsors. Uh, they make it possible for us to come to you week after week. Wonderofparenting.com. Wonderofparenting.com is the place to learn about both of them. And again, a, a big shout out to the Forge School and to the Center of Place of Hope. Uh, also on the uh, website, wonderofparenting.com, are resources if they're helpful for you and a way for you to get a hold of us with your questions. Uh, Michael, as always, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back with you again next week.